0: Welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard, and friends, Yoga Magic is one year old this week. (laughs) What? I can't believe we're here. Episode 52. I'm not gonna lie. There were some weeks where I was just like, meh. I don't really... I don't think anyone will notice if I don't put out an episode, but... channeled my Capricorn moon and just kept going and man I'm so glad I did. If you're new here thanks for tuning in. We chat all things self-care and self-discovery and I'm excited to tell you about something new coming in 2021. Today's kind of a little preview of what's coming. So I'll back up and just give a little context on a practice that I'm really focusing on right now. It kind of ties everything together. So I've talked about my manifestation practice on past episodes but i wanted to break it down a little more for you because it's been so life changing. manifestation probably if you're listening you you know it's kind of a buzzy topic. i talk about it a lot, a lot of spiritual teachers, books, self-help will talk about it, you know, law of attraction, yada yada all that. and there's also this problematic aspect of popular manifestation rhetoric. it overlooks really the most important part. And that's exploring the blocks that we hold within us that ultimately prevent us from manifesting our hopes and dreams. Blocks can include things like trauma, you know, which we talk about on today's episode. Blocks can be self-limiting beliefs instilled in us from childhood or just conditioning from the world. So the manifestation practice that I do is through a teacher named Lacey Phillips and we we have talked about it, you know, on this on the show before. Her program is called To Be Magnetic and it's amazing. What's really powerful about this teaching is that in order to do any manifestation work, in order to create a reality that you're really, you know, dreaming of, you first have to deal with your shadow, with your shit. And that's not easy work. But, you know, by exploring our traumas, little t, big t traumas, by uncovering our biases, our self-limiting beliefs, we can start to move through that and begin actually manifesting. It ties really well with this conversation today about working with a therapist because often they can help guide you through those really intense things, intense things that we need to, to deal with in order to achieve our, our hopes and our dreams. So the reason I bring all this up is because right now I'm manifesting some dreams for this show. And my shadow study has shown me that I'm I'm not doing enough to combat the wellness gap and speak out against whitewashing in wellness in yoga. What does that mean? Well, the wellness gap is the fact that wellness practices are widely available to privileged white folks and that the wellness industry is colonized in a way that truly leaves people out. Today's guest, Cassie Sawyer, an art therapist, a yoga teacher, a true healer, she reminds us, she says that our neighbor, if our neighbor isn't doing okay, then we really can't be doing okay either. You know, what this means for this show, and I'm just, I'm really excited to share, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I'm ready to do it, is that I'll be hosting a second episode each week starting in January. It will be our Community Tuesday episodes. And on these episodes, I'm really excited to chat with Yoga Magic community members about you know what their healing and self-care journey looks like. What are their stories? How can we learn from people that are in it right now? I hope to raise funds, bring awareness to healers who are helping everyone. I hope to explore activism, and just sometimes we'll have guests, sometimes it'll just be me sharing my thoughts, discoveries on an episode. But overall, more yoga magic, more community. I'm really excited, friends. I hope you are too. If you have a story to tell, maybe your own struggle overcoming trauma, doing the self-study work, and realizing something huge, send me a DM. I'd love to chat with you and potentially share your story with this community. If you know people who are doing, quote unquote, like the work, send me some suggestions for guests. I'd love to chat with healers who are just starting out and or maybe they're really experienced. And again, they're just really helping those that need it the most. Okay, let's get to our goodness today. Cassie Sawyer. I met Cassie several years ago when we worked together in a yoga studio. She was always so focused, and I just remember being really impressed with her, and I was always sort of like, girl, you're always in school. (laughs) She studied a lot. Well, she's not in school anymore, and she's blending these worlds of healing in the most beautiful way. Cassie is an art therapist that blends healing modalities such as yoga, Reiki, astrology, and more with her clients. Cassie draws from training in a variety of holistic methods that assist in healing, including art therapy, soma yoga, vinyasa yoga, and she operates from a trauma-informed and a healing-centered approach. As a woman of color, she specializes in race-based trauma, and she's seen a huge influx of clients since the murder of George Floyd this past summer here in the Twin Cities. She wants to help, but frankly, therapy is expensive and not accessible to everyone, especially those that need it the most. So she started the Abundance Therapy Fund um, this past summer, which gives the gift of therapy to those that can't afford it. My call to you, friends, if you're moved by her work and this amazing opportunity for people to heal, consider making a contribution to her Abundance Therapy Fund. More info can be found in the show notes on how to make a gift. And I'm really excited to share that I will match any gifts on behalf of the yoga yoga, magic community up to $500. So if you're really giving, double by making a gift. If you make a gift, just shoot me a DM on Instagram so that I can match it. Okay, before we get to this awesome combo with Cassie, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Simpson & Veil Teas. Simpson & Veil is my favorite herbal tea, and I'm so honored to have them as a supporter of this show. If you're looking for a cool gift for a yoga or a wellness lover this holiday season, check out their yoga blend teas. They are delicious. They're my fave. Use code YOGAMAGIC at checkout for 15% off. Okay, let's get to Cassie, the founder of Root to Crown Healing and Wellness thanks for being on the show cassie thanks for having me i'm so excited i am too cassie and i know each other from the yoga studio like like many of us do um and you've done more trainings i think than i have cassie you've done a lot (laughs) i have done a lot yes what teacher trainings have you done and are you still practicing those particular types of yoga i'm just curious
1: Well, okay. So pandemic yoga is hard. (laughs) It's hard. hard. So a lot of my practice right now is like, um, being kind, like again, the Yama. So being kind to myself and, you know, trying not to steal from myself either like in the present moment or even in the future, lots of, um, trying to get back into meditation, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The physical posture, I was a hot yogi. So like, you know, even yeah. the studios that have been open, um, not that I necessarily would go cause I'm pretty COVID conscious, but you know, they're not offering those hot classes. So I'm really missing that yoga. So my first, um, training that I did was in Soma yoga. So I do do a little bit of that, um, somatic stuff, really gentle, um, stretching and just kind of listening to my body, paying attention to what's going on with that. Um, and then I'll do some of the other type of like vinyasa stuff if I'm having the energy, but just really honoring like where I'm at
0: Mm -hmm. for listeners that aren't familiar with somatic yoga. What is that? So really like when I teach or when I was teaching a class right before
1: COVID, um, I was a baby teacher. So I was just starting. So when I was <laughs> teaching it really, you know, sometimes you might look at someone and it just looks like they're laying there, but it's really like, mm. you know, if you think of like cat cow, um, it might be like, okay, we're going to do like super So laying down, like super tiny arch and flatten of the back. Um, maybe we'll practice that seated. Maybe we'll do it standing and just really, um, paying attention to like what's happening in our body and using like smart sequencing to just like honor where our body's at. It's, you know, not going super deep into a pose. It's not focusing on what it looks like, but more of like what it's
0: feeling like in our body. Hmm. Cool. I've, I can honestly say I've never taken a somatic yoga class. I mean, I think that's, it's like would you say that it's kind of an umbrella for a lot of other things or is it like, would I like seek out, I'm going to a Soma yoga class?
1: Yeah. It's pretty, um, it's pretty like, specific. Oh, it is. So, okay. Well, so some, yeah. So some teachers or some classes might involve a little bit of that, but it's pretty unique. Um, hmm, cool. So yeah, it was, it was really interesting to learn. And I think that I brought a lot of like the things that I learned into the second teacher training that I took at core power, um, in you know, and, and it was able, or I was able to honor, kind of my body in a different way of saying mm. like oh okay I'm not gonna go so deep into this pose and it's okay or like um, soma yoga uses a lot of props too I, mm-hmm. I said I'm the prop queen so you know when I was in those like hot yoga classes or in like a c2 vinyasa um, I was a person like okay I need two blocks for this class and mm-hmm. so yeah
0: I love that. Well, okay. Let's back up a little bit. You're clearly, you're a yoga (laughs) teacher, but you're so many other things. Can you tell listeners about your practice, about your journey to becoming a therapist, a healer, an advocate, all the things that, that you're doing right now. And you can go big, long story. I don't care. Go. Okay, cool. 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 So I am an art therapist. Um, I've always been an
1: artist since I was a little kid. And so, you know, that was something that my family, um, and my parents really nurtured in me. Um, And so in high school, you know, I was taking these like IB advanced art classes and I also had an interest in psychology. So in high school, I ended up taking um, one psychology class. They didn't offer it a ton. I was like, that sounds interesting. I'm interested in people and how the brain works and whatever. So I took um, that class and I also did, they had something called college in the school. So you could take a dollar um, college class. So I took a, yeah, I took an intro to psych class at Concordia for a dollar in high school. And so I was just like, wow, this is so fascinating. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it really was, it was an awesome, like accessible opportunity for high school kids, like public, you know, I went to a public high school, so Mm -hmm. that was awesome. So I was in this IB art class and I like really did not vibe with the teacher. And I actually saw her at the state fair, like two or three years ago. And I like. (laughs) Went up to her and like apologized because I was such a like bratty, like and it makes sense now, but like I hated like critique day and I hated like the fine arts piece of that, which now is an art therapist. I'm like, oh yeah, it's the process, not the product. And so, you know, uh, like fine art formal classes like that are super focused on like what it looks like in the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So I struggled in that class, but um, I thanked her when I saw her because I was like, oh, it was in your class in high school. I think I was a junior that I realized like I can put both my interest of psychology and art together because she was like, you know, that's a thing like there's stuff called art therapy. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I looked into that. And so I knew in high school that that's what I wanted to do. And so I went straight to college. I went to the University of Minnesota and they did not have an undergrad art therapy program. Um, so I was like, well, I know that this is what I want to do. I know that eventually I'm going to go to grad school. So let me just make my own major. So, um, the cool thing about the university of Minnesota is that they have, um, an individualized degree program. So I got a bachelor's of individualized studies and, uh, my concentrations were art psychology and then human health and wellness was what that, um, third specialty was called. So a third of my classes were like fine arts classes. And again, I struggled because, Fine art school is all about, like, what does it look like? What's the aesthetic? Like, is the, are the colors perfect? Are, are the placements perfect? Whatever. And I just, like, was like, this is my healing. Like, I don't want to hear what you have to say about it. I don't care.
0: About the process more than, like, the product. Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: So, like, yeah. when critique, it's like you sit there and um, everyone just like says, you know, gives you feedback. And so sometimes it's good, but also times there's like, you should have thought about this placement or this color or whatever. And I was just like, I don't care. I'm like not interested in that. (laughs) So yeah. So a third of my, um, a third of my schooling there was in art stuff. A third was in psych stuff. So I took just different psychology classes. And again, I have this interest in the brain. So that was cool. And then the best part was this last concentration because I was like, okay, so like, yep, I have this, um, this art part. And yes, I have this like psychology part, but I feel like there's something missing. Like the degree was called, um, or like that concentration was called holistic health and wellness. And so it was in the center of spirituality and healing. Um, so I got to, you know, choose the different classes that I took and everything in that degree. I had to write this huge long paper at the end and kind of advocate, like, this is why this class should count towards my degree. And this is why this class is important. So in that I took a, uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction class. That was kind of my first interest in yoga. I took my first yoga class in college. Um, I took, you know, a class called arts and health and healthcare. So I got to see, um, that was when I met my first art therapist or, um, I took a dance and movement therapy class. They had every other degree except for art therapy. So I took <laughs> intro to dance and movement therapy. I took intro to music therapy, um, and just all these other like alternative things and I was like, I can just like play around with holistic health and kind of see what that's about. Cool yeah, it was amazing. So I did that. Um, that's when I got deep into my yoga practice. Cause I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like this is really healing for me too. Um, and then I took, uh, nine months off cause I was like, Whoa, I need a break. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a lot of school. Um, and then I went to grad school. So into Adler graduate school, um, they're the only art therapy school in the state of Minnesota, which is why I went there. um, and yeah, so like I, you know, I was very intentional about the stuff that I needed. And still, when I went there, they're like, oh, you need, you know, go do this prerequisite and take this clay class because you don't have much 3D art and whatever. So I got to get more experience there. And so then at, while I was writing my thesis, I wrote it on race-based trauma, um, yoga, breath work, pranayama, and then um, art therapy. And so I was like, well, maybe, you know, people said I'd be a good yoga instructor. I'm super introverted. So I didn't really think that was like me, but I was like, whatever, I'll just try it out. So I took my first uh, training for yoga um, at Tula and did the soma yoga training. And then when I was finishing my thesis, I realized that one of the missing pieces, two of that is, you know, so I do trauma work. Um mm-hmm. And grief work and stuff that's really hard and heavy. And so I was, I, you know, I realized that the somatic work that's so in your body and so sensory might not be accessible to those folks. So in the process of writing my thesis, I was like, I need something that's higher impact. Um, Like I said, I'm a hot yoga, like Yogi and I do like this high intensity stuff, like the opposite of what I teach, because that's kind of what I need. So then I took the teacher training at Core Power because I knew exactly, you know, eight weeks, I was like, cool, like I already have this first one. I know exactly what I'm gonna get. And I really think that will help. So I just kind of like this this whole time I've just been collecting all these things that are one, healing to me, and two, um, that like research shows is healing to other people. Um, and also like during quarantine and all this through the pandemic, I did uh, Reiki one and two certifications. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, cool. Like this energy component piece, I think is important as well. So
0: I love that you created what you needed and what you knew would, would help people. And that just, I think that takes a lot of, (laughs) I think that takes a lot of balls. I think that takes a lot of just like vision. And I love hearing that. And I love that you, you really, you know, you created your practice bringing all of these things together. Cause I know yeah. you talk yoga and art therapy, but there's, you talk to, you know, astrology and energy. Like what are, now that you have Root to Crown Healing and Wellness, what do you use with your, your clients? What kind of tools?
1: Yes. So I think that therapy should be super individualized for each client. And like, my thing is like, I want to empower you to find what works for you. Like I figured out what works for me because I, you know, dabbled in this and that and I just found what works. Um, Every modality and every tool is not going to work for every client. So what I tell folks is like, you know, I have this huge toolbox of all these different things. It might not work for you. I'm not going to be offended. My job is to say, you know, like throw everything up and like you catch what's going to work and, you know, take what works, leave the rest. So Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm like, I th- so resonate this because this is how I look at self-care. It's like you have a gazillion things in your toolbox yeah. and there are times when you need certain things and there's times when you need others. And there's times where you just need like the most simplest things, right? I need to breathe. I need to move my body accordingly. Um, you know, now that you have been practicing for a few years and, and you, you're you busy and you're helping people, I guess, I mean, without getting into detail, like what are people reaching out to you for? Cause you're so creative and you're so niche and you have these, this, again, all of these modalities, like who, what are they coming to you f- for help with?
1: Yeah. So my specialties are art therapy. So kind of if there's someone who like is specifically looking for an art therapist, like that creative um, expression, sometimes we're really good fits. Um, like I said, I'm a trauma therapist. So I see a lot of folks for trauma. My kind of uh, super niche down thing is race-based trauma. Um, Cause that's important to me as a person mm-hmm. of color. So Mo, I would say most of the people that I'm seeing now, um, You know, especially given recent events with George Floyd in the Twin Cities, um, that's been a huge thing. um, And that's kind of what I feel like my name has been known for and being passed around as um, right now. I am also a grief and loss therapist and kind of like life transitions. That's what my internship was at school um, or when I was in grad school. So I see some folks for that. Um, I also do some, like, um, biracial identity development with folks. Hmm. Um, I see some clients with that. And I also say, you know, like, I work with Black, Indigenous, people of color, and allies. So I like hmm. to also, like, support white folks who are, like, doing that work of decolonizing and understanding, like, their um, their whiteness, too, right? So, hmm. yeah. So I feel like that's kind of the the folks that I tend to see.
0: That's amazing. I love that. I'm I'm rereading um, Glennon Doyle's Untamed right now. Have you read that? No. <sighs> and it just, it's basically, I mean, as a white woman, she talks about just the times that she's fucked up and like, she is so forthcoming about it. And basically like, and I will do it again. And I just, it's just, it gave me so much emotion about the times that I have fucked up <laughs> and how many more times I will. And like for you, someone, you know, who is experienced so much in your life to even, even be willing to help white folks right now is amazing. So mm-hmm. thanks for doing all of that work. I just, it's, yeah. it's amazing.
1: Well, I think that it's so important too, because like the, you know, there's this huge movement of like, do your work, do your work. Like, you know, we don't want to hear about it. And sometimes in my personal life, yeah. Yeah. Um, it can be really overwhelming, but in clinical practice, it's like, you know, folks are dealing with shame or guilt or, you know, all these icky feelings. And so it's important to process that. Like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, you know, that's how change happens. And so I really like to work with people who are motivated to say like, you know, I'm willing to do the work and I need a little bit of help. So um,
0: that's Mm -hmm. helpful.
1: I should have also said too, that I do, you know, I work with um, like spiritual folks, like I said, like the witchy stuff too. So a big yes. part of that is like decolonizing and, um, like, like being non pathological in the way that I help and treat folks. That's a big, um, like value. I think
0: that I, that I have. hmm When you were in school, did you get any like pushback on that, you know, your witchiness, if you will, from like your formal (laughs) therapist training? Yeah. So the cool, like, yes.
1: And (laughs) the cool thing is, is that um, artists are a little out there anyways. Yeah. So, you know, so in my, so art therapy in the state of Minnesota is not a license. It's a certificate program. Mm -hmm. So I basically have a dual master's degree. So I had to have this chunk um, of super clinical classes. And so we could have chosen to do marriage and family, um, or clinical mental health counseling. So I do clinical mental health counseling, um, mostly because I just work with individuals and also like art therapy doesn't have a, like it, it works and it's magic. And that's why I say, like, I believe in magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to research and to prove because art is a lot of different things, similar to yoga. Like, how, how do you research yoga when it's eightfold, right? When it's all these different right. parts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much at work with doing that. So sometimes people look at art therapists and they're just like, just like you said, like woo-woo, like what? Um, <laughs> but for me, it's like, okay, I have all this same clinical understanding plus this whole other degree um so you know so i have this like clinical part and the super really formal part and then i also had to take this chunk of art therapy classes and so most of my like witchy friends are from my art therapy program Um, Mm -hmm. and so there's a little bit more acceptance i think of alternative things in that uh that kind of you know network of people
0: it's the holiday season it's eclipse season my energy right now just feels kind of all over the place so I've been trying to work in more grounding practices at the end of the night I used to grab a glass of wine to relax and right now I'm just really turning to some more healthy upgrades for my wind-down routine and my go-to is a cup of herbal tea so my favorite brand is Simpson and Vale they're a small business family-owned company and one of the oldest tea companies in the U S how cool is that the best part is that they have a collection of yoga and chakra balancing tea blends there's a blend for each of the seven chakras as well as a blend called namaste and then also called shanti which are for peaceful calming moments um, my current evening routine is just to brew a cup of the Muladhara blend, which is the root chakra, and just sit and like reflect on the day, journal a little bit. It's a it's a self-care moment. That particular blend has cinnamon bark, rose hips, telecherry, peppercorns, birch bark cloves, ginger root, just to name a few. So, as you're taking stock of the busy season and working health and relaxation into your routine, I can't recommend Simpson and Vale Teas enough. They're also great gift options for yoga and wellness lovers, a little stocking stuffer. To get your yoga blend, herbal teas, or any of their other amazing blends, they have over 380, head over to svt.com, set up an online account, and use code yoga magic for 15% off your first order. Again, that's svtea.com, and use. Code Yoga Magic for fifteen percent off. I think you're so creative in like your even social media and and the way you talk about healing really as this this large overarching thing because it is that's how I see it too. Where do you draw inspiration? Mm,
1: I draw. Yeah, that's a good one. I get inspiration from everything. Like one, I'm just super observant. Like I said, like the reason why. I was interested in psychology because I think people are fascinating and I'm always like, okay, how do I solve this problem? Or like, why does this person think this way? Um, so I just pay attention to people and I really am truly interested in them. So I look at themes and so a big, you know, part of what really inspired me and, was like solidifying of like astrology is real, like for sure. Was for when sure. I was interning. <laughs> yeah, it was when I was interning at uh, the Center for Grief. And so we would have consultation and you know I'd notice themes in um cause I was just an intern. So I was just sitting there observing. And so, you know, there'd be themes of like, Oh, every, all my clients are really struggling this week. I don't know. Cause last week it was fine. And then people would joke, like, is it a full moon? And then I'm like, Oh no, mm-hmm. no it is like, it actually is. Right. Um, or now doing telehealth, like with mercury retrograde, I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. So all the clients, when they're having internet connection issues or, you know, their phone, you know, they drop their phone on the toilet or whatever. Um, <laughs> So I just, yeah, I pay attention to patterns and just kind of let intuition guide me sometimes. Mm. I also um, draw on like my own experiences. um, today, even, you know, I had posted on my Instagram uh right before. You know, I hopped on here to do this interview. That I was experiencing my own grief in setting up. You know, my Christmas tree. My grandma had just passed earlier mm-hmm. this year, and so she made the tree topper that I grew up with. And so last year, uh, she was helping me to make my own, and so I didn't get to finish it before she passed. So, I spent some time today just, you know, putting that together and making art to process that. And so I, I posted that on my story. Like I think that as a grief therapist, it's important that I'm transparent about what I'm experiencing because right. that's, you know that I'm a real human and you know if I wasn't being authentic then you know what does it what does it mean why would you trust me
0: so that's so true that vulnerability is so real and totally understand that I you know you talk about like the healing of art um there was have you read the book burnout I'm just asking you about these books sorry <laughs> like I'm, I'm such a reader <laughs> like um the book burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski have you read that I haven't, but I have like a huge list of all these like books, so it's on it's on my list. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's next I mean it is so next level. It's like if 2020 could be whittled down into a book at least in my mind it's that. And what they talk about is completing the stress cycle. Um and you I you know working in especially in art therapy, you will know all of this. This will not be new information to you, but for a layperson like me, this science that they pulled out is unbelievable. And it's, they just point out seven things that you can do to complete your stress cycle and to complete this emotional healing in, exactly. you know, for some of these more, I don't know, you know, stressors, like these moments that aren't huge, huge, huge traumas. And mm-hmm. one of them is creation is creating something. And I just think of you and like the work that you're doing and the other ones are, you know, movement. I think of yoga. I think of breath. There's like all of these within that. And they're all so simple. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing about it is, but i it's hard especially when you're clouded with grief or you're clouded with stress to think of like okay what do i do what do i pull out and to have someone like you to to remind your clients like that's so needed <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think a big part of that too, like is intuition. And so that's where that like witchy energetic piece comes in where some of the work that I do with folks is like, okay, how do we, you know, if you're traumatized, how do we distinguish between a trauma trigger and that like your fight or flight system reacting or if you're having a gut feeling, right? How What's the difference and how do you return to that? What I, again, in, in terms of like decolonizing a conversation I had with a client today was um. Like the, the things that, you know, it's very, like, like it is white supremacy to say like, we have to have this, this and this to prove it. You have to have this clinical piece. We need this research, blah, blah, blah. When, you know, I did my research on yoga and art therapy and all these different elements, community. And I, you know, went and found all this research that backed it up. But then when I pulled back, it's like, oh, well, duh, like that intuition says that Um, my ancestors say that like all these different things say that Mm. we know that. So why do we need this like proof that's like concrete in terms of research when your body knows?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think is how does one differentiate between like a trigger, a stress trigger and intuition in your opinion?
1: Yeah. I think it really depends again, like individualized. So it depends on the client. It depends on it's, you know, it's building back up that intuition, building back up that connection with yourself to be Mm -hmm. able to trust that. Um, And it's vulnerable. And, you know, I I went to Adler graduate school. And so one of Adler's like taglines is the courage to be imperfect. And so I talk about that a lot, too, of like, even in meditation, like meditation is a sport that like, you try and then you fail, and then you try again. So it's just like, you know, it's testing that waters in a safe (laughs) way to build that resiliency of like, okay, how can I return back to myself? How can I continue to trust myself?
0: Oh, try and you fail and you come back again. I'm gonna mm-hmm. use that. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know, with with intuition, once what I've discovered over time, really building my intuition is that when I really have intuitive hits and I get pings or whatever you want to call them, I they're essentially kind of unemotional. They're relatively neutral. It's like this is this is what it is, you know, versus something like a trigger or a trauma, which is often rooted in emotion. Can we talk a little bit about trauma? Cause that's something that you know, this month on Yoga Magic, we're talking about chasing dreams. And I think it's really easy for someone like me to sit here and talk about chase your dreams and, you know, use your manifestations to make Mm -hmm. stuff happen for you. When in fact, so many people are just rooted in trauma. And I, I guess in my opinion, I think it's probably hard for them to to do that to reach for those dreams like what's your take on trauma and in the way it shows up in people and how how can they be helped
1: yes and i again so themes i've talked about this like 3 times this week about manifesting last year i Attempted to lead um, a vision board workshop. I love vision boards. I think they are magic. Um, my birthday is New Year's Eve, so every year for mm. my birthday at the end of the year, I make this uh, new vision board. And so, um, you know, and actually this week there was one thing on my vision board, and I was like, "Oh, it's probably not going to happen." Then I got an email and realized that it did happen. So I was like, "Magic! Like
0: it's amazing!" Oh my god, I'm a, um, such a believer in manifestation, like yes. so much so.
1: Yeah. And so when revamp, you know, so I, I made it digital, this, uh, workshop because it ended up getting canceled because of an ice storm and then another like storm last winter. Um, and so in revamping and I was like, oh, okay. I feel like sometimes manifesting can get, uh, very like spiritually bypassing and, you know, when there, yeah, when there are like real actual barriers. And so I was like, oh, okay. Part of this is like, let's address what those barriers are. Um, Let's also address the like self-limiting beliefs. So in terms of like trauma, um, it can manifest in a lot of different ways. But a big part is, you know, that fear or that hypervigilance or that feeling stuck. Just like you said about like the burnout and completing the cycle, um, trauma is that way too. Trauma is when you have an experience and your brain and body don't fully process it. So you're Mm. stuck. Um, and so that's why you'll have flashbacks or have like dissociation and you just leave because you can't um can't like it's too much, right? Or um just all these different body sensations, lots of stuff with like um, you know, GI issues, which I'm like, oh, the gut, right? And so mm-hmm. h- how do you Second trust brain. Your gut? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. How do you trust your gut when um this the system's off, right? So so, yeah, trauma is when, you know, you you have something that happens to you and it just gets stuck. And so that's, yeah, that's why I use this somatic piece to connect to that. Um, a lot of times I'll, you know, use, there's an acronym called RAIN. So recognize what are the feelings that I'm feeling in my body? Uh, the A is acknowledge. So it's like, let's name that, right? So it might be, oh, I, I have a... Um, you know, a stomach ache and I'm biting my jaw. So there's some tension, right? So naming that feeling, oh, okay, what does that mean? Maybe I'm anxious, right? Maybe I'm stressed out. Um, investigating, where is that coming from? What's what's at play? Why why is this happening? And then um, I learned that N is non-attachment. So it's that yoga piece of like,
0: mm.
1: how, how do I not be stuck in it? And I, I explain non-attachment in the way that's like, not that it doesn't matter. I don't say like, don't be attached to the outcome because that does matter. But in the way of like, um, how can I not be stuck on that? So, you know, I give the example a lot of the election week. You know, I, I had some clients that were like, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm stuck in this endless social media scroll. I just can't put it down. And then, you know, I blink and then it's been two hours. That's being stuck in that moment, right? How can you be in the moment and just say like, okay, Um, I know that I don't know the answer now, but me sitting here staring at my phone isn't going to give me the answer. So I'm going to put that away and go do this other thing. And then I can come back to it. Um, So that's the non-attachment piece. And then I also recently this year learned um, the N as nurture, right? So then what self-care do I have to do? How do I make myself feel better? What is my body needing? Um, How can I resolve that thing for myself?
0: And would you say that this is something that's applicable? This this rain acronym, which is amazing, to like big T trauma too. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh,
1: I use I use that a lot with um, with you know most of my clients mm-hmm. too.
0: Okay, how does how do I know? How does a client know what the difference is between you know like a chronic stomach ache and trauma, or maybe they're the same? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah. Right. I mean, and
1: that's why I say like, okay, let's, let's do that investigation. I have a, I have a lot of clients that I'll say like, okay, mood log, um, or, you know, keep, keep a journal or keep this practice that you can keep checking back in with yourself. I also say like, um, you know, pull in other providers because we don't, we don't always know, like clients are, um, expert on themselves and their body 100%. And other people might have other things that um, they can suggest or recommend or try. So, you know, maybe you do have to go see a doctor or a holistic, you know, I see a holistic chiropractor, or I have other clients to do like acupuncture, all these different modalities, because they just have other knowledge that we don't always have, right? So it's like, let's, you know, try and fail, let's test it out and see and then come back. Also, who knows? Like what? You know what? What is what? I always say like I really don't care about diagnosing. That's another part of like um, non-pathologizing, where it's mm. like okay, if you're having a stomach ache, whether you ate something bad or trauma, you're still having that stomach ache.
0: Right. 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 Hmm hmm That's like, this is a weird parallel, but like, that's kind of how I think about astrology. Like, I don't really care if it's real or not, because it makes me feel so validated in who I am and how my life plays out. <laughs> Do you feel the same exactly. way? Exactly. Okay. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like that. Uh, what is your, what is your sun, moon, rising? yes okay
1: so I'm Capricorn Sun which is like the studious like oh yeah get
0: it done um
1: yep I'm Scorpio Moon which is like the deep intent like why I love that like I don't like small talk I want to get to the nitty-gritty like have those tough conversations that's why I'm a grief therapist right that's why I'm a trauma (laughs) therapist yeah Um, and then I am Leo rising, which is like the one that I'm like, Oh, you know, everyone's like, you're so confident. You're so this. And I'm like, no, like, (laughs) I don't, I don't feel that way, but you know, the, the rising is the mask. So that's how people see me where it's like, I'm this like go getter. And this like, you know, um, super confident, like hot headed, like radical
0: (laughs) person. What a good lineup. So balanced. I love that. That's Scorpion is a
1: Root to crown is a cancer, so that's also that like, oh my um, god, I did watery so cool.
0: mm-hmm. that watery energy. You can look at. I forget that you can like pull the chart of your businesses. I'm yeah. obsessed. That's so smart. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I'm a cancer son. so oh. the water, the nurturing, like how perfect a sign for your business. Oh my yeah. gosh, you know, I I want to talk about your abundance therapy fund because it was something. I mean, it's truly what caught my eye of, of what you're doing now. And I think it's amazing. And our community is very twin cities focused, but it's also not, there's a lot of people in okay. the the country in the world that can support this. So can you tell us nerds about what it is and, and how you're helping? Cause it's, it's really amazing.
1: Yeah. So um, the abundance therapy fund, honestly, it did start um, this summer because it, it was a pandemic. And, you know, bef- before the pandemic, I had one client at Root to Crown, um, just one for like a whole year, smell <laughs> bloody. Um, and I was just like, I don't know, maybe my business will never take off. I have no idea. And then right before the pandemic, I had one other client inquiry. So I was like, cool. And I was like, I was going to meet them in person and then everything shut down. So I've, you know, only seen them online. Yeah. And so, you know, I was being a therapist in the pandemic and then um, George Floyd was murdered in the Twin mm-hmm. Cities. And because I do race-based trauma work, people are like, oh, shit, like no one has, um, you know, th- where are all the black therapists? Where are all the therapists of color? So I got this huge um, inundation of people that wanted services. And um, like I said, I, I want to be accessible, I also want to be paid my worth because this is hard work. Right. And totally. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't be the best therapist that I can be seeing a million people in a day. Like that's how I burn out. I'm super passionate about um, anti-burnout, which is why like that book is on my uh, mm-hmm. reading list. And so I was like, ah, I need to do something. And it was at this point where people didn't know what to do. um, and so money was just being thrown around. And so I was like, okay, well, like these people, like, here's a service that like people are seeking. Um, people already have, there's so many barriers for people of color to get services, um, to even like get to me to get services. Um, and so, you know, if they're, if they're coming there, I want to be able to serve them. And so my business is self-pay only. I don't accept insurance. Um, intentionally because I think that that allows me to treat people in a way that makes sense instead of having insurance say, you know, statistically, if you have post-traumatic stress disorder, you can have X amount of sessions and then you should be healed. Like it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I started this fund just because I I knew that there was the need. And again, like following intuition, like something Mm -hmm. just said, like Cassie, you need to just be open to this. Um, and, which, which is really hard for me as a Capricorn, because I'm like, no, I just want to figure it out and I just want to do it myself and I don't want right. to, you know, so yeah. I don't want to rely on other people, but that, that's a part of decolonizing too, where it's like community heals and community matters. So um, I think that that's a way that community can support each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started this fund to support Black, Indigenous, people of color that have financial barriers that do want to get services from root to crown
0: I love that. Have you seen people... Take you up on it? Is it? I mean, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay,
1: good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have about probably um, 20 clients now, and I get, um, you know, I've seen other people that have discharged and are done already. Um, and I have some people on the wait list and all that kind of stuff. And so I would say seventy five percent of my people are using um, the therapy fund, which is amazing.
0: Awesome, that's great. And you know, there was kind of an influx of money, you, like that idea of the money being thrown around the, the Twin Cities. Like it makes me, I have such mixed feelings on it. And maybe you do too. But like the fact that we didn't know what to do was embarrassing. Like we should be already contributing to people of color and, and just the community in general, but there is, you know, there is this like need to actually make a difference right now. So did you see it kind of drop off after the summer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and to be honest too, I think another piece that I should add is that, um, part of what inspired me to do that is that I, I had a couple of people in my personal life say, Hey, um, you know, can I donate to you? Would you accept this? And so I was like, okay, okay, I'll I'll make an actual, um, an actual thing. But yeah, it, I mean, it it is those, I I do have strong feelings about that. And it was a big feeling of disappointment because, Mm -hmm. um, I never want to like capitalize off of something so tragic. Um, and money doesn't solve that money is not going to bring George Floyd back. Money is not gonna, um, stop, Police brutality or racism or any of these things, but um, you know, on the other like hand, like money is a resource and people do need that. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so I got this huge influx of people that donated, and then the donations did stop coming, and I'm like, okay, well now I'm seeing all these people, and I don't have the capacity or the finances to continue to do this, so. Um, I I created an option where people can do like monthly contributions. So I have some people doing that, Um, and so far it's been good and sustaining with like the the leftover stuff that I had. But
0: yeah. Well, you know, if any, I just a call out to this community. We're not huge. The Yoga Magic <laughs> listenership is not big, but I would love for them to make a gift if that's something they can do this year. And. I'm really, really um, committed to matching whatever they donate up to a certain amount if that's, you know, if that would help. So, I mean, how can people donate if they want to?
1: Yes, I, well, one, thank you. That's amazing. I love that. Um, two, there's a whole section on my website kind of about the fund, why it started, um, some statistics and stuff like that. So there's, there's a page on my website um, that has that or a link in, you know, my little whatever it's called link tree um, okay. on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's, let's be of some service here at the end of the year instead of buying, I don't know, something stupid for our stocking stuffers. Like let's help other people, right?
1: Give the gift of therapy. Well, and, and what I say too, is like, you know, community care is self-care. Like,
0: I just have wrote a post. I just literally just like created a, like an image saying that. <laughs> yes.
1: 100%. Like oh my taking God. care of our people is how we can, like, if, if our neighbor is not doing okay, then we can't really be doing okay. And no. it's, you know, being not in touch with ourselves. I, I think it's so, yeah, so important.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Before you go, what do you do to take care of yourself? I know you've got a lot in your toolbox and I clearly, you know, that burnout is not an option right now because mm-hmm. <laughs> people need you. What do you do to take care of yourself?
1: Yes. So, um, routine and ritual are like huge parts. I think of healing from trauma and grief and I take my own advice. So, um, one thing is like structuring my work day. Like I said, like I, I'm so anti-burnout because I've been there. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm super uh, intentional with like the hours that I work and how many people I see in a day and how many days I work in a week. Um, that's a big part of it. Yoga was my number one self-care and I miss it so much and I can tell. um, But, you know, taking that time to check in with myself and just honoring what I need. Um, My number one self-care though, I would say is hot showers and like Mm, singing and dancing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. In the car, not that I go places anymore (laughs) during the pandemic or, um, you know, in the shower, even though every morning, um, I'm not a coffee drinker. So I wake up and I take my shower and I put on music and like, that's how I wake up and get ready for the day. So.
0: Do you ever take cold showers? Rarely.
1: I, again, <laughs> I like, lo- I love the heat, which is why I did hot, yeah. hot yoga, but, um, sometimes I will, but I don't make it a practice.
0: <laughs> I know I do it for like the lymphatic flushing and, mm-hmm. but I'm like you, I love the heat. I, What I, I mean, we're not going to get this because this would be ridiculous, but I really want an infrared sauna. Like how can I, I'm trying to manifest that. That's something I'm working on. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay. I got, so here's what I did. Um, There is a company and they, uh, I'm forgetting the name. Is it a higher
0: dose? Those blankets? No, it's like a
1: mini portable, like infrared light. So I like got that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I like, okay. Yeah. So I, I try to have like a little, um, DIY hot yoga studio with like my little space <laughs> heater and this sauna and like, you know, layers and whatever. But, um, yeah. Cause I, I, was just like, I'm desperate. I'm missing hot yoga. I miss it so much. I, you know, you know, every, every Monday morning, which is my day off at 10 AM, I'd go to my hot yoga class. And like,
0: that was, that was what I would do. So yeah, that we'd called at the studio that Cassie and I both worked at It was a really busy studio. And like, I kind of, I feel like I need to like pour one out for the studio a little bit (laughs) because it's like, it's so different now, right? Like we can't do hot yoga. We can't, it's temporarily closed at the moment. But like, I just don't know when a studio will be packed with like, how many people would pack like 95 people in some of these rooms. (laughs) So that's gone perhaps for a long time. But I'd love watching that 10 a.m. the door open on Fridays or Mondays when you were there. And it would like, just like, Shh, like all the heat would kind of roll out of the room yeah, and it was- oh man I wasn't as much of a hottie as probably you were but I mm-hmm. I always admired the hot yoga practitioners. Yeah. I well, and I mean,
1: so one one piece of that of like why I love hot yoga so much is, you know, one one part of healing from trauma is expanding your window of tolerance and you know, building resiliency. And so you're in hot yoga and your brain and your body are like, I'm dying. Like it's hot. It feels like I'm you're waiting. dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And so the more you honor that and, and rest or take breaks or, you know, lay on your back or just breathe, um, that tells your body like, nope, I can do this and I'm not dying and I'm getting stronger and the easier it gets. Um, and so that, that's why it was so regulating to my nervous system and helpful. So
0: yoga is magic. Yoga is magic. All Mm -hmm. of the seven, eight limbs, what seven chakras, eight limbs, (laughs) Um, such magic and, you know, I'm glad that you're doing all the work. Thank you for sharing with, with us and thanks for doing, we say doing the work. I laugh a lot about doing the work. Have you seen the Justin Furstman video on this? It's so funny, like doing the work. What does that mean? But like, I think we know what it means. It means like the self-study. It means taking care of ourselves, Mm -hmm. exploring our, our biases and yeah. Thanks for helping all of us that are on that journey um, can you tell listeners where to find you and, um, yes. your Instagram, all of your goodness? Yes. So my
1: website is www.com.
0: Uh, no,
1: <laughs> w- 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 com. <laughs> <It's> a shorty. <laughs> D- crownhealingcom And then I have Facebook and Instagram, which is just at root
0: And if someone wants to work with you, like they wants to see you as a, um, an art therapist right now. Can they do it on Zoom? Yes, I'm only working
1: virtually. Um, we use something called doxy.me. It is a HIPAA compliant, kind of like Zoom, but just like tele um, medicine platform that has video. Um, but again, yeah, again, I think that part of, part of the thing that is, you know, and it doesn't work for every client, but I think it's the responsible thing to do for community, um, for me to, you know, limit how much I'm spending time with people to kind of stop the spread of COVID, you know, Mm -hmm. um, especially as an art therapist where it's like, okay, how am I going to sanitize crayons? You know, how am I going to sanitize this thing? Um, So, yes. And it it feels weird. You'll get used to it. Um, It feels weird to do art therapy that way. But I've been making it work for like, what, nine or 10 months now. So
0: who thought we'd be doing yoga on flipping Zoom? But here we are. Right. (laughs) And we're making it work. That's
1: the cool thing about humans is that we we adapt. So,
0: yeah, it's very true. Well, thanks, Cassie. Thanks for being here. I'm so grateful for you and that you're in this community and everybody supports Rich Crown Healing and Wellness if you can. Thank you to Cassie for being on the show. If you'd like to make a contribution to the Abundance Therapy Fund, head to the link in the show notes and don't forget to let me know that you made a gift. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.